Welcome to Teach Me Sentai, a podcast where we're taking a look back at the Power Rangers and the Japanese series that gave it its inspiration and footage, Super Sentai. I'm John McDonough. And I'm Natalie Bridgman. And we're back! Sorry for our absence, uh, but we are here to dive in, get started. Season 2 is coming soon, and if you want to support that season, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash Sentai. But Natalie, what are we doing today? We are going to have a little bonus episode before our uh, official Season 2 launch. We're going to cover the Netflix special, Mighty Morphin. And Power Rangers once and always. Yeah, we talked about doing this. It's new, it's fresh, it's hip, it's fun. Is it many of those things besides new? I don't know. But mm, it is a thing that we said we were going to cover. And we're going to cover it. Lots to discuss. Uh, we're also going to try for this episode, and I think the beginning of season two, unless y'all hate it, a little format change. Spoiler for season two I think we're going to do all Sentai and all Power Rangers episodes. And because of that, synopsizing everything right at the beginning makes less sense. Yeah. So we're just going to dive in. We're going to play a little sting just for like transitional purposes. And then we're just going to start talking and we'll catch you up on the plot as we go. And if we hate this, we can go back to the old version. Just let us know. Sounds yeah. good. If you're, if you're objecting, we can't hear you. So comment. You have to get, <laughs> get in touch with us. Yeah. Wait till the end of the show yeah. and you'll learn how. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's only, we can only say things. We can't receive things this way. It's not a phone call. Anyway. Sad. Okay, here we go. <laughs> All right, so Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, once and always, the 2023 anniversary special of Kind. It is the 30th anniversary of Power Rangers. Happy birthday. And this is what they made. Broadly, what did you think? Um, it was weird. I think my overall thought is, well, that's weird. Totally. Like, there's so many, frankly, baffling choices to me Mm -hmm. in how they chose to create this special that I just can't, I can't begin to unpack. But that's why we're here. That's what we're going to do. We're going to begin to unpack them. So... Let's start at the beginning. Let's walk through the plot and we'll let the conversation take us where it takes us. Sounds good. It's 30 years later. That's what we need to know. It's 30 years later. There's a title crawl that's like, oh, there's always been Power Rangers. I am deeply obsessed with Power Rangers trying to pretend that it makes sense that everything takes place in a shared universe. It doesn't, but I love it every time they try. And then it like, here comes the show and it's an old man Billy. (laughs) (laughs) He's not an old man. He's in his 50s, but like Well, he's not... Yeah, he's definitely older. He's not young Billy, but he's Billy. So it's Billy. He's it's he's Billy. the focal point of this, I think. Yeah, we, we center on three characters, mostly Billy, Zach, and a new character we'll discuss in a second. But Billy's yeah. there and he is fighting a robot reader Repulsa. And instantly, yeah. I started being like, well, wait a second. Because Rita Repulsa, spoilers for Power Rangers in Space, which aired 25 years ago... <laughs> It becomes good. Her evil is cured from her at the end of Power Rangers in right. Space. So I was like, what's this? They do actually cover it. So I, yeah. I will say that while there's some inconsistencies, like conceptually, plot-wise, they do account for most of what has happened since Mighty Morphin Foundries, which I was impressed by. Yeah, just like in a very efficient way. But I do also think that the way that this starts, you could have just not watched an episode of Power Rangers since 1996 and then turned this on. 
and it would have been fine. Yeah, if you remembered nothing about Power Rangers except for, like, the very early episodes you watched, you would have been fine. Because as this fight goes on, the rest of the Rangers come for backup, and it is, like, the classic six Ranger team that we're looking at where we're covering in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers now. It is Jason, Trini, Kim... Tommy as Green Ranger. Right, which is a little, yeah. Like, weird. Billy, Zach. It is kind of strange to me. Yeah, it I, the Green Ranger part of it really jumped out. I was like, oh, so, like, this is strange because he was a White Ranger. We all know Tommy com- becomes the White Ranger. Yeah, and, and the White Ranger is so iconic. It was a kind of a weird choice to me. We don't see Jason, Tommy, Kimberly, or Trini unmorphed. Of course, Tweetrang was had already passed by the time that this was shot, mm-hmm. which will become very relevant. Yes. But you do hear this like dubbed over voice of Kimberly, Jason, and Tommy, and they are real bad to me. I, I think the, the Trini dub is like the easiest because they're literally just pulling her voice footage. And yeah, it sounds like her. It. Yeah. But like, Jason especially sounds wild. It doesn't sound anything no. like it. Well, and it's interesting, like, not to get too much in the technical part of it, I guess. It's, like, my understanding of this special is that it was completed prior to Jason David Frank's passing. So, like, if he could have been in it, he, like, if he wanted to be in it, he would have been in it, you know? And it's weirdly telling to me that he wasn't. Yeah. I don't know what that is. It's just he, he so loved being Tommy, and he was usually so game for stuff. I mean, I don't know what was going on towards the end of his life. We don't know him personally. But it did kind of, like, surprise me that he wasn't down to clown. Right. And my understanding also is that they did ask Amy Jo Johnson to be in it, and <laughs> which is so on theme. Apparently, they didn't give her what she wanted to be on it. Like, and so she's like, well, I'm not going to do it then. Yeah, which is very classic. And and Amy Jo Johnson is like a pretty accomplished Canadian television director at this point yes. in her life. Yeah. And like, has, has wild, has largely like left this all behind and like, good for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wasn't surprised to not see her there. Even like, Walter Jones and David Yost are, like, super big on the campaign circuit. You rarely see Amy Jo Johnson go out sometimes. Right. But you, it's not all that frequent. Right. In this opening, they're fighting this Robo-Rita, a robot Rita Repulsa, who looks pretty bad. I guess mm-hmm. we can just go ahead and say that, like, most everything in this special looks bad. It looks simultaneously better than I expected it to, and then also worse than it should. You know? They're sense? relying a lot on various kind of like digital effects. Yeah. In a gross that don't way. don't always work. And it's also like, it's very bright, which I don't hate. Yes. But it's like, like it really draws a, attention to some of the like weirdness of the costume design. The suits look great. The suits have always looked great. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of the other stuff and a lot of the other monsters don't look super good. Yeah. It's like interestingly like it feels like everything is very saturated in a way that like obviously original power rangers never was and color wise like color temperature wise like we always had like the the two different color temperatures from the japanese footage and like the american footage but this you know they had the opportunity to do like their own like a, a singular color temperature and then they chose to just do something brighter and it was kind of offsetting it's not like super different from what the more like brighter toned modern sentai series looks like but it is a little jarring for this group and i don't think the monster looks very good but anyway rita repulsa has decided that murder is something that she never really tried to do and something she should try to do right now she shoots a Mm -hmm. death blast at billy trini blocks it explodes question mark it's very strange i don't know she's gone trini's dead and we we cut to billy and zach in disagreement about whether they should tell her daughter min who is the third sort of main character of this story about 
the truth of her mother. She kind of walks in on them. The decision's made for them. Oh no, she knows about Robo Rita and everything now. And we cut to one year later where the bulk of this show takes place. Mm-hmm. Something about the way Trini is handled in all of this makes me very uncomfortable. Can you elaborate on that? I can. And a lot of it comes down to like, so Twee Trang's relationship to the show, we don't have the same sort of like holistic full story as many other cast members. She passed before the sort of like convention circuit money making that Mm -hmm. Walter Jones started doing. And like Austin St. John obviously came back to Power Rangers fairly quickly, but like those were the three that left in the face of labor disputes of like, you're not paying us enough. This is kind of messed up. So like, I don't know how she felt about Power Rangers by the time she passed. And this is really playing on Tweet Sharing's real life passing to me. Yeah. To to play with like this Trini story. And it just feels very awkward to me. Like if it was Jason David Frank, I wouldn't feel the same way because we know that he had affection for the franchise. Yeah. But in this case, it just sort of like hits me a little weird. Right. It's like, where is her, where's her family in this? Do they feel like this is a good thing for her memory or her you know existence as we understand it like how do they feel about it and we don't know that we don't have that context it also contextually because even though jason david frank was alive at the time of this filming just not involved because it's happening it came out like so close after his death it also feels weird that like that's not part of this either like Mm -hmm. there's just a lot here that isn't jiving in terms of cast mate death that feels weird but i think that is always kind of a weird thing to handle but it yeah it does feel weird because i don't know how she feels about this she died in 2001 i believe yeah and so that was like power rangers was in kind of weird space in 2001 like it was coming to an end kind of and then being resurrected in different ways and different companies and so like how, how you know was she acting was she trying to act was she done with acting like we don't even know <laughs> like and just her face is everywhere it makes me feel weird and the other yes. thing that makes me feel a little weird about it is like the tone of this is so weird yes. because like it starts with a death with the death mm-hmm. of a single mother with a teenage daughter with like someone that these rangers have been i guess nominally being power rangers with for 30 years yeah and it it doesn't feel like a death like Grief is not a particularly, like, prevalent feeling here. Even when they're discussing what to tell Min, like, it's like a loaded scene, but it's not, like, loaded with emotions. It's, like, very weird. To, it's like, if y'all don't want to touch death, like, you didn't have to. This didn't have to be part of the story. Yeah. You made it part of the story, but then didn't like the tone of it. It's very strange to me. Right. Like, they, it's almost like if they would have made this special, like, in some way, right? If they would have made this special, like, in response to, like, we're going to do this tribute to this woman who was involved in these franchise back in 2001, like, if they wanted to do that. Yeah. That would almost feel better. Yeah. But, like, because it's been so long. It's like, why are you doing this? Why are you making this woman's passing the focal point? Because it is the focal point of this plot when, not to say it was so long ago, but it's like, it just seems weird. It just seems like you're pulling something, you're pulling at something that like doesn't really fit. I 100% agree. It's like a strange vibe. But let's get into like the meat of the story. So it's a year later. Zach has abandoned his career in the United States Congress. So funny. So funny. How do you be a congressman and a Power Power Ranger? Ranger? What is the Secret Service thing? 
who practices hip hop keto. How do you get elected if that's on your resume? What does your security team think you're doing when you're gone all of the time inexplicably doing Power Rangers stuff? It's wild. It would make more sense if people like knew they were Power Rangers. It's so yes. funny to me. Anyway, but he's not a congressman anymore. Now he's a full-time dad. And he's raising <laughs> Min because Min's dad is... Not in the picture. Unexplained, not in the picture. And the whole year, Roborita has been AWOL since killing Trini. And Billy has been desperately looking for her. She appears and ambushes the team who is gathering back at the graveyard to honor a year since Trini's death with the two main monsters we follow in this episode or this episode the special Snizzard and Minotaur which is like weird pulls <laughs> yeah like not even iconic <laughs> like what like they were cool but like they're not And there are so many like iconic monsters, monsters. <laughs> yeah Give Whatever. me Pudgy Pig and Eye Guy. Give me yes. Pumpkin Rapper. It's oh like just God. a weird choice. Um, Snizzard appeared in the episode, if you don't remember, we have covered Snizzard's appearance. Yes. Um, it was the episode where Kimberly went up in that airplane and her uncle <laughs> fell asleep and like Bulk and Skull were there. It's a kind of a fun episode, but like yeah. not a Trini episode of any kind. Snizzard's no. not a particularly mem- memorable monster. And the Minotaur was in one of the very first episodes when they first get their power weapons. But... Again, these aren't, like, super distinct monsters. I also don't really know where there's two of them. The A big part of the story is that Rita has this new machine, and Snizzard has this ability to bite with his hand snakes, <laughs> uh, a ranger. It shrinks them down, it wraps them in snakes, and they can be put in this machine to power it. They become action figures. Yes, it is the main thrust of the plot, as Jason, Tommy, and Kimberly are almost instantly captured in this way. Um, but... Minotaur's not really doing anything except for, like, being there. I guess he has, like, ability to track rangers later. But I don't know. It's just, like, a weird choice for monsters. Weird vibe. Yeah. They're robots yeah. also cool. <laughs> Every Everyone is kind of a robot. Every bad guy is kind of a robot now. Whereas, like, before, they weren't robots. What's that about? What is that about? I don't... I, like, literally do not know. Um, and none <laughs> no. of the rest of Rita's minions, who I think were also killed in the Z-Wave. We'll get there in a second are accounted for so i don't know what it, what i do know is that billy and zach have to take men and run away in the rad bug 2.0 which is very important to me actually this is the yes. best thing they do in this special mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. opinion is recognizing the rad bug it still flies it's great they're taking men home Min wants to help Min wants to be a ranger like her mommy they say no you can't do that and she gets really mad at Billy in particular, she blames Billy for her mother's death. And we kind of get the sense that this hits Billy rather hard. And this is the main emotional thrust of the special. That Billy blames himself for Trini's death for reasons that we'll get to in just a second. Min is mad at Billy and wants to be sort of taking up her mother's mantle to get revenge. And Zach is trying to balance between these two forces. Yeah. How does that triangle strike you? (laughs) It's really interesting, this conflict of, like, Min wanting to be a Power Ranger to, like, I, I understand, like, they're not going to be like, revenge is cool. Like, let's do it. Like, but the whole time she's just like, I've been training for this because apparently, like, yeah, she's been training for it. There's a sequence where she's doing a lot of martial arts and they pretty much take, like, martial arts that um, Trini did in the show and have men do them. So it's like she really is just, like, taking up the mantle, whatever. The mantis style of, uh, of an episode we covered sort of late in our season is, yeah. is part of this. And then, like, other things, too, that I thought were recognizable. But, you know, she, like, wants to do this. And they're like, no, you can't. You're just a kid. You need to do homework. Which I just think is a very interesting thing for a bunch of people who have been Power Rangers for 30 years who got their morphers when they were, like, at high school. 
You know what I'm saying? It's like Yeah, it's the the hypocrisy is strong. <laughs> yeah, it's like and and then they don't talk about it at any point. They're never like Min never says like I was your age when you got like I'm the same age that my mom was when she got her morpher or whatever. They never like kind of highlight that in a way that makes me feel like they thought about it. And so I have to just assume that they just totally are oblivious to the fact that this is a conflict. Yeah, it's very weird to me that they don't bring it up. She also is like highly trained, just to shout yeah. out. Charlie Kirsch is the name of the actress who's playing Min. She is a Vietnamese American actress. So at least we have a little consistency in yeah, nice. uh, Trini's unknown nationality. But then she is a like third degree black belt. She is a real martial artist. They, I, I think Charlie Kirsch is like totally fine in this. I don't think. Yeah, she's great. She does what needs doing in a setup that I think is not super serving this character, especially because like the two things, the hypocrisy that's never really addressed. And like often when men is told they are wrong to be doing something, they're not. Which yeah. is weird thing to put into the story and feels like a very obvious pothole that could have been filled. But yeah, that's not what happens. Min gets left behind. Billy and Zach head off to the command center. We get a brief shot of Rita has rebuilt her palace on the moon. It's still labeled Bandora Palace. Go off, queen. <laughs> I don't know how she did this. I don't know why she did this. I'm pretty sure ban- the Bandora Palace set gets destroyed in the next episode of Power Rangers we'll be watching. So I uh, don't know what's going on there, but Robo Rita can do whatever she wants, I guess. Also, it yeah. seems funny that she was doing this and, like, this whole time they were searching for Rita, they didn't think to look where she was when they first met her. <laughs> On the moon where her palace used to be. <laughs> like, that's where she used to live, guys. It's very silly. But she says we're going to need more rangers. We go to the command center. The command center is under something called Cranston Tech. Billy is apparently a, like, tech mogul who has a secret command center basement it appears from the shot that he converted the old command center into this headquarters i mean that's good though like i believe that building is also destroyed point <laughs> of power rangers but he rebuilt it he's rich well the building that yeah he's rich and it's also like it's funny because we get to use minis like all throughout power rangers right and now we've switched to mostly digital stuff and then that building is definitely just like a plastic mini on a platform to me it's very funny and weird <laughs> and especially because that's like such a real cool building that you can yeah. go to um, one of the it. things that looks like real and cool in the show <laughs> funny 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 anyway uh billy is not telling any of his employees this is fraud he's not allowed to do this he's cooking the books billy is a criminal is what i'm trying to say uh he's sure. working with alpha nine who Cause... looks a lot like alpha five i gotta say alpha six looks kind of different yeah i don't and then alpha eight we find out it was like body snatched essentially when yes. Billy accidentally brings back Rita, which I'm kind of skipping ahead. No, I mean, that's what happens now is we get, we get the backstory. We figure out why Billy's feeling so guilty. So I mentioned the Z wave to briefly recap the end of power Rangers in space, skip ahead like two minutes. If you don't want to yeah. spoil that for yourself. I don't know. At the very end of power Rangers in space, Zordon sacrifices himself. He has Andros, the red Ranger at the time, uh, destroy his tube, which bursts his energy out through the universe and basically destroys and or converts back to good all of the villains that have existed in the show up to this point. That includes Rita and Zed, I believe, become good. The season, the Turbo Mm -hmm. villain becomes good. A bunch of people are, though, just, like, destroyed by the sea wave. So Rita Repulsa is no more. The, like, pure being that she was before she was corrupted into Rita 
by Master File, I think. I don't remember. Anyway, is back. So Reader Repulsa shouldn't exist. But Zordon has sacrificed himself to do that. So what we find out in this scene is that Billy has been trying for, I guess, 25 years to restore Zordon through various ways. He finally feels like he figured it out, a way to like isolate part of the Z-Wave, bring it back together. But in actuality, what he has isolated is the evil that was inside Reader Repulsa, which infects Alpha 8 and transforms the body into robo Yeah. So that's what we're dealing with. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Weird. I will say, like, the fact that they accounted for all of this plot, mm-hmm. I was, I enjoyed. I was like, oh, okay. Like, you are remembering yeah. how this story ends. That's nice. I mean, other things, like, I'm pretty sure the Mighty Morphin powers stop working at the end of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers or get Every converted time. into the Zeo powers. Why those exist, I don't know. Like, all that stuff is not clear. But at least, like... They wanted Rita Repulsa as their villain, and they did come up with a way yeah. to make that true. <laughs> that accounted for the history of the series, and I will tip yeah, my hat to them Yeah, that's true. But to your point about the, the Ranger powers, it's very, like, I don't know necessarily about most recent seasons or whatever, but it's, like, a very, like, stereotypical thing. Like, at the end of the Power Ranger season, those Power Rangers lose their powers and get to go back to, like, civilian life. One way, shape, or form. Yes. So it was just, like, weird to me. Or at least no longer right. need their But they powers. don't have them anymore. Like, they don't use them. And then, like, every once in a while, if it's, like, Forever Red or something like that, they show up and they're like, this is a special situation and we get to use these for one day or whatever. Which I thought was weird because the implication that Billy and Zach and Trini and Tommy and Kimberly and Jason were all still being Power Rangers for, like, 30 years. It's like, wait a second. What? No, you weren't. There are young, fancier kids, and canonically, the Zeo and then Turbo powers are right. stronger than the Mighty Morphin powers. That is, like, canonically true. <laughs> anyway, we can forget about that. Billy feels guilty. I don't think Billy needs to feel guilty for this. The show ultimately no. also doesn't think Billy needs to feel guilty for this, but he does. That's what he's carrying. He feels like it's his fault Rita's back and he's got to finish it. So Rita sends out putties everywhere because she's trying to draw Rangers after Power of Machine. They activate the Bandora protocol. I don't know why it is called that, but I'll take a Bandora mission. And different teams are told to go out to attack the rangers but the only people we see which also huge missed opportunity to me to not show some of the other rangers across time in action yeah i don't, I don't get know that why you wouldn't but cat and rocky come in to be the red and pink rangers of the core team that we'll be watching there's some hand wavy how they can have the powers when kimberly and jason did too but who cares they're gonna have powers they're gonna be able to be mighty morphin red and pink we haven't met cat and rocky no not yet in the series not yet in our analysis we haven't but Yes. They show up soon. They're, Rocky is coming very soon. Cat will be a little bit longer. I like them fine. I think Rocky is yeah. like pretty mid and they no. never quite know what to do with him. And then like all the Red Ranger footage like really features him and it's weird. But that's Rocky and that's inevitable. Cat's uh, pretty fun. Cat sticks around for a long time after appearing in Mighty Morphin. All through Zeo, all through the first half of Turbo. I think also like the actress is fun and mm-hmm. charming to watch in this special. Cat uh, and Tommy do mm-hmm. fall in love uh, after Tommy gets dear John by Kimberly and canonically had a child who is mentioned here. Yeah. JJ. And that's Kat. Uh, Rocky's <laughs> a firefighter who likes to eat. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, it is kind of unfair to Rocky and also the actor. Um, I can't, his name is escaping me right now because like they have a much flatter storyline because it's definitely the way that they come into the series is like, you know, over a labor dispute. So they get brought in yes rocky is played by steve cardenas and we will be meeting him in power rangers in the very awkward transition 
And (laughs) spoilers for later on in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, but I do believe that Kat starts out as evil, which is always kind of fun. She is being used by Rita Repulsa and she can turn into a And so I think that's really fun and obviously much more um, enthralling than like whatever, however Rocky is introduced. So obviously she has a little bit more to go on. Rocky has the unfortunate problem too of like Aisha and Adam, who he Mm -hmm. is introduced with, are uh, more interesting and better actors. And it's just unavoidable. Uh, we'll talk about Aisha right. and Adam in a second. But first, they head out to fight some putties. Min also wants to help and steals the morpher to go fight. Fight, fight, fight. Seems the Minotaur can fight them. This doesn't matter. What you need to know is that they can't morph right now because the Minotaur will track them down and Snizzer could get them and it will help the machine. They also have to rescue Min in the juice bar, mm-hmm. which is really cute. And Min gets brought into the command center and told, like, stop yeah. doing this shit. But we need a plan. We can't morph and fight the putties because that could potentially allow Snizzard to capture us. We have to be smarter here. They talk to Aisha and Adam, who are on a space station across the planet wearing jackets that say SPA. There's some distinct references to Power Rangers SPD. Uh, Specifically, they say they're dealing with an alien race that is the main villains of Power Rangers SPD. But SPD is set far in the future. I don't know if this is supposed to be like the the early days or whatever and Aisha and Adam are bringing this but they mentioned the stealth tech and Billy's like oh I know what we're gonna do we're gonna make a diversion we have to trap Snizzard and the Minotaur and then we can sneak into the palace and take Rita and her machine out Min wants to go with Min is told they can't go with she's like what the fuck you guys were teenagers this is the only brief conversation we get between her and Zach where it's mentioned that the original Power Rangers were teenagers and Zach's explanation is that Min thinks she's out for justice but she's out for revenge and that's bad so stay safe don't be hard on Billy don't try to be and a Power Ranger she's immediately like no <laughs> I'm gonna go try to be a Power Ranger so that worked out well for Congress former Congressman Zach it's very stupid okay so like we have to describe this plan now because it's like honestly nonsensical Okay. So first of all, the good part. They use a big magnet right. to trap the Minotaur and Snizzard. That mm-hmm. There's nothing bad about that. I love me. seeing Cat operate More big magnet. magnets. She's like, yep, I know how to work this machine. After they do this, they're like, we're going to use the stealth mm-hmm. tech to sneak into the Moon Palace. Min says, which we are supposed to be told is her acting in angry revenge, we should just kill those monsters. And Billy's like, now that's <laughs> not really the optimal strategy. Spoiler, for about 10 minutes from now, they will have a problem because Snizzard is not dead. And, like, it's every Power Rangers episode involves the monster being able to do something that by killing it gets undone. Why they wouldn't assume that killing Snizzard would free the Rangers on its own is frankly stupid. And the idea that Min has to learn something in this moment when (laughs) Min is, like, fully right. They should have just killed Snizzard and Minotaur and there was no reason not to. It's very dumb. It's like the yeah. biggest plot hole in this to me. I'm just like, what? This is so stupid. Why would they you not know, just kill them? It's like really hitting me in a weird way right now as you're like laying it out. It's like when you feel like like you're hip and you're with it and you are like a very smart young person. You're a teenager. You know what you're doing. You know more than everybody else, whatever. And then like as you get older, you're like, oh no, the kids are wrong. <laughs> and it's like this very weird moment where it's like, these older rangers are not willing to like listen to just like the practical sense of like a younger voice they're like oh no you're a child even though like when you were a child you would have said the same thing yes and in the frame of the show i think we're supposed to believe that min is wrong but like min is absolutely right yeah 
Also, like, look, I see what they're doing, which is that, like, I have complained before about the Power Rangers being people who sure. solve all problems with violence and how that will sometimes bat up against some of the yeah. other messages of the series. They could have decided to solve this problem not with violence. Unfortunately, the eventual solution to this problem does end up being violence. They cannot have their cake and eat it. Right. I mean, I guess they're like, it's funny to me because if they were really committed to this whole, like, we don't want to use violence in this special, like, this is different. We're trying to, like, step away from we murder everything to solve our problems. Cool. They could have just, like, had Billy come up with some science-y, like, okay, so we need to beam snizzard with some weird beam and neutralize his powers or something cool but they don't do that (laughs) not what happens yeah they fight him anyway min like we said instantly steals the morpher and decides i'm going to be a ranger anyway because Mm -hmm. duh of course she does she steals the rad bug she (laughs) helps save this random gay gay rights like they just real quick they're like gay people are cool real quick uh the putties we didn't mention in the first putty fight with zach but the the suit action i think largely yeah. looks actually fine zords are common mm-hmm. and oof but like the suits largely look fun they do this thing with the putties that when they shoot them or destroy them they like melt into little clay and i kind of like it yeah it's like a kind of cool effect that i enjoy and when min hits them with her rat bug it does like put clay all over the windshield of yeah. the car it's kind of cute yeah and fun. i like that i like that i also like the rat bug like only playing country music Interesting. Back to its roots. Billy couldn't possibly change that yeah. or wouldn't be able to fly. Robo Rita shows up when Min makes it to the junkyard to try to kill Snizzard and um, Minotaur. We haven't mentioned this. The Morpher is not allowing her to morph for unclear reasons. She can't morph here either. She gets kidnapped up on the moon. Of course, exactly what you can imagine. They get to the Rangers and they're like, oh, we can't help the Rangers while Snizzard's still alive. But no one's mm-hmm. like, oh no, Min was right. Everyone's like, oh shit. But Rita shows up. Yeah. Oh, sorry. We also find out that the machine is a time right. portal. And her that grand plan. Rita's plan is to go back in time and tell her original self to kill the Power Rangers in between awakening from the dumpster and then becoming Power Rangers so that they can't be a problem. Yeah. Or, like, kill them in her sleep. We have talked many times on how Rita has teleportation powers, knows where all of them live, knows where their parents are, and refuses to do this. So I suspect that Robo Rita would say this to Rita, and Rita would be like, oh no, we can't do that. We can't kill children in their sleep. That's like, not that's really just my style. really wrong. Everything I'm doing is like awful and evil, but like I have to draw a line somewhere, and I'm not going to murder these children in their sleep. Because she totally could. There's so many episodes where she like, she like does stuff to them while they're sleeping, but like she won't kill them. She's kidnapped their parents a few times right. and refused to kill their parents. So, like, it's not going to work, Robo Rita. It's also not going to work because of the course. Power Rangers are going to win the day. They all try to fight. Billy is about to get blasted again by what we are told mm-hmm. is a death blast again. Mm-hmm. And Min jumps in front of it. And for reasons completely unclear, this blast does not kill her. It shows her visions of her mother's time from a Power Ranger, 90% of which are from the opening credits of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And then... The, the action, the blast, the something allows her to use the morpher from there. What the fuck is going on here? I think, so I'm going to do some work for them. Okay. Please. Number one, I think there were like 20 different writers on this thing. I think it's actually just two credited, but who knows beyond that. I think that the whole thread of like, you can't be acting in revenge. You can't be wanting to use these powers to kill things for revenge. You have to do it for, like, the right mm-hmm. reasons. The fact that Min sacrificed herself or, like, intended to sacrifice herself to save Billy, like, showed the morphing grid that she was, like, worthy of these powers. 
Great. Why didn't she die? Because. Because. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Like, she should have. But, like, it, any number of things could have happened instead. Like, for her to. I don't know. But I think that's really what it is. They could have done this exact same moment without it specifically modeling the moment of Trini's death we started with. Like, there could have been another, like, she takes a blow. But it is specifically the same blast that exploded Trini. And she's just like, fine. But didn't Trini get exploded off of a cliff? Maybe. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I thought she, like, flew off the cliff and then, like, exploded. I don't know. I have to watch it again. very ugly I don't want to watch it again. But, like, I do think the cliff was part of it because I do look down the cliff afterwards. So, like, maybe if she didn't get exploded off of a cliff, she might have been able to be revived. But She might have been fine. I don't know. I don't know. It's not really clear. And you're right. It's stupid because they don't really, like, outline, like, oh, because you were being righteous and good now you can be a ranger instead of being like a normal person and and going through grief like <laughs> it's uh very silly yeah. let's blow through the rest of this plot real quick it's morphin time min is able to morph we have a whole team of five they pull out their power weapons which actually do look kind of cool i particularly mm-hmm. like how the power bow looks rita makes snizzer giant because they know they're trying to kill him Billy fucking stats. It's brutal. It is brutal. (laughs) While she's doing this, which is like kind of intense. Uh, Don't worry though. She doesn't die. Billy and Min get in the Megazord, which looks like garbage. Uh, Zach, Rocky, and Kat work together to kill a Minotaur before joining them in the Megazord. They fight Snizzard. Rita reawakens. The team's fully charged. Oh no, is she going to get through it? No, she's not. They destroy the machine. Zach blows up Rita with his axe cannon. That is the rest of the plot beats of the the action sequence for you okay like rita stab not stab alive not alive it's annoying it's annoying uh, this scene also really highlighted for me like so we see at one point that rita has captured Mm -hmm. several other a lot of them it's all like cameo they're like action figures and i did pause and i did go through to see if any of them didn't make sense like oh did you accidentally put like black dino thunder in there or rangers who i know lost their powers or anything i think all the ones that are there track I think. But there's Dino Thunder Rangers in there, and I know that they lost their powers at the end of the season. Yeah, they definitely lost their powers. They were the one yeah. that I was like, I don't know about that. And I think Lost Galaxy might have returned the swords to the planet they oh, took them Oh, no, on. they definitely lost their powers. One of them died. She came back at the oh, end, really? though. Okay. She got better. <laughs> yeah. But I love Lost Galaxy. But there, there weren't any, like, I was also looking like, do you have doubles of the same person uh-huh. here? Do you have any of that stuff? It all tracks. It all tracks in that way, except for the people who lost their powers. I would have loved to see those rangers in action, though. I think that would have been so fun. Much better. No one asked me to consult on this special, clearly. No. And the, and they won't, now that we've done this. Yeah. Uh, Rocky and Kat, who, like, haven't been active rangers for a long time, and Zach, seem to have no problem with this minotaur. Like, and also, famously, like, Snizzard was a monster that Kimberly killed by herself way back when. He did... I think put to sleep or capture or otherwise incapacitate the others. But like, yeah, he did. That's just because the whole plan was specifically designed because like his weakness was bows and arrows and to keep Kimberly away. So like it, it's not like these are particularly like ferocious or difficult monsters. Mm-hmm. They just managed to capture all these people. And then like the mighty Morphin team takes care of them pretty quickly. It feels very strange to me. Yeah. I mean, there were definitely monsters that, in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers that we've reviewed that have been have given the Rangers a little bit more trouble than these two gave like in their like introduction episodes right and so it's just strange that they went with them because they're not that you know they're not that hard no it's like I don't mind like Robo Rita's really ferocious at first and then by the end she's less ferocious like that stuff 
tracks that's power rangers and so when like the other teams get involved and it's like wait so like none of these people could fight these two monsters and then just the three of you take them down i don't get it the megazord looks so 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 bad they a thing i like is that they do the same shots of the classic megazord summoning sequence Mm -hmm. with like updated graphics that's kind of fun except that those updated graphics are like truly horrible yeah, it. you know how I feel about Zord stuff. And, like, this was just, this was bad. It was, like, not even, it didn't even feel good in, like, a nostalgia way to me. Because it felt, like, so foreign from that feeling. The proportions are yes. horrible on the Megazord. I don't know what it is. Like, it just, like, nothing looks right. Nothing feels right. It feels like they waste a lot of time in the Megazord before, like, oh, yeah, big sword. And not in a, like, classic Power Rangers way. It's just, like, the whole thing felt kind of dumb. Yeah. But Day is saved. Aisha and Zack have finally made it, and they're going to take the captured rangers to Aquatar, the planet that we will learn about. Actually, I think fairly mm-hmm. soon in Power Rangers. And to recover, and Cat and Rocky are going back to their lives. And Min's going to be a Power Ranger now. She and Billy and Zack go to the juice bar. We, we end this emotional arc with Min saying, like, Billy, it wasn't your fault. I'm sorry. I blamed you for it. And thank you. For, I liked this detail that she thanks him for like telling her what really happened to her mom mm. and not like trying to keep it a secret yeah. uh, that her mom was a Power Ranger so that she could really process all that out. And they like start to trade stories and we get this like shot of a scene again I think that we are about to see in Power Rangers of the original team singing a song. It's like a nice shot of Jason Dave Frank and Tweet Trang before we are told that this is all in memory of them. And that's my number from Power Rangers once and always plot. <sighs> I, you know, here's the thing. I ended this thinking at one point, like, on the one hand, this was like a pretty good hour of Power Rangers. I guess. Like, if you don't think about it too hard, which you're not supposed to, right? It's like pretty yes. solid. There's like a pretty interesting plot. They don't, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it never does. You know, like, if this were airing in 1996, I'd be like, rad. Okay, that was fun. I agree to an extent. Because I I do think you're right. I think they, like, captured actually very well the feeling of an original episode of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. The problem is, like, tastes, and I don't just mean mine as I'm now a grown adult. Like, our, our, our cultural tastes have evolved. And we have higher expectations and it feels weird to me that like, like there are jokes in here that I'm like, I feel like you intentionally wrote a bad joke and I don't understand it. Not even like a childish joke. Just like, this is a bad joke. Yeah. Like alpha has a couple jokes that then like means like, Oh, he's got jokes. But like, they're, they're not funny. Like they can be funny. Well, you can just tell a good joke. And like, even comparing it to some episodes of power Rangers from recent seasons, I've seen, there's like a weird drawback in quality to try to make it match Mighty Morphin. And I just don't know why they decided they needed to do that. Yeah. It was weird. It's like whoever wrote this or wrote those jokes or whatever, they watched some episodes of Power Rangers like, okay, so the jokes need to be bad. And it's like, no, 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 no. Those jokes were like trying to be good for the market that they were aimed at. So like, it's okay for you to like, Yeah. yeah, they're silly, but like at the time, like they were funny. It was funny. It was goofy, you know? But it wasn't supposed to be bad. <laughs> Just to go ahead and credit, uh, this was written by Becca Barnes and Alwyn Dale and directed by Charlie Haskell. Just to, like, credit where, hey, you made a thing. It just, like... It's weird. Oh, I don't know. And then, like, the other thing, on top of all of it, to me. I think if you're going to have the original Rangers as, like, theoretically 
late 40s adults in this Mm -hmm. you need to like account for that narratively and they just don't yeah so it's interesting because like there are parts of this that kind of felt like they were trying to hit tonally the same kind of hit that the comics hit sometimes you know like this is serious they're adults but then they would like immediately backtrack and be like this is goofy as hell (laughs) and I, i don't know it just felt tonally very confusing if like we were joking about zach being a congressman and that he left his career to help raise men or whatever okay he was a congressman so how does that factor into how he's like leading his life as a power ranger now what is like billy is a tech mogul what does that mean like they are adults they're not just like that isn't just like a throwaway line you know and like apparently Uh in this they make it very clear that cat and tommy are married and have a kid okay what does that look like (laughs) like give me more of a picture of that Especially while Tommy is, like, they, like, allude to the fact that Tommy is fighting for his life. Yeah. Or or could die. And, but, like, I don't know. Like, the tone is so off to me. It feels like they got caught somewhere along the line between, like, what they wanted to do here. Mm-hmm. In terms of, like, I think there is an approach that is, like, emotional, interesting story that looks at the legacy of Power Rangers through the lens of these characters in their 40s. I think there is an approach that is, like, just a fun romp through, like... Let's just do everything that makes Power Rangers fun. Cool action, cool zords, fun cameos. Just like, let's just fucking do it. I feel like those are two great options for this special. And it feels like they tried to do both. And I think they end up doing neither. It's like they're trying to serve two masters here. And they're serving neither. The emotional story doesn't end up working overall to me. I like Min as a character. But other than that, it's like, eh. And like, the action stuff is never quite good or fun or interesting or novel enough to really like tickle my palate. <laughs> I feel like I'd rather watch the like weird, bad action scenes, a bad CGI Zord fight from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie than mm-hmm. this Zord fight. Oh, yeah. Um, which has a budget thing. I don't blame them. Do a cool suit. I don't know. It just like the whole thing felt kind of like blah, especially because like I have watched a lot of Sentai anniversary specials because yeah. I think they're fun and they do them very well. And like comparatively, it's just like, uh, this is such a like fine hour of Power Rangers. Yeah. And I feel like there was potential for it to be a good hour of Power Rangers. I also struggle a lot with this idea of Billy being a focal point for the team. Mm-hmm. I don't like, do you think Billy is an icon? Uh, I think that David Yost is part of how this ended up getting made. Well, yes, I know that, but, like, (laughs) I fully know that. But even so, it's just, like, I don't know. He's, like, definitely the team leader. Like, he's not, you know what I'm saying? And that just, like, kind of feels weird. He feels kind of a non-character. I really like what they do with Zach, because, like, we've talked about Zach being the team mom before and how we love Zach as team mom. (laughs) And Zach is kind of team mom here, too. It, like, it works. He really feels like Zach to me. But Billy feels like the least interesting parts of Billy. Because the problem is, like, Billy's arc is, like, a nerd without a lot of confidence growing confidence. That's, like, the most frequent Billy story, I would say. And, like, I I don't particularly love spending time with him in the confidence place. And also, again, like, I think there's a cool story to tell about, like, this person who has been at my side fighting this fight for 30 years died Mm -hmm. saving me because of a monster I brought in the world. Like, what does that do? What does that grieve? What is that guilt? But, like, they don't really lean into it. So he just ends up feeling very flat 
and very not dynamic enough to be the center of a team. And we will see adult Power Rangers later on. Mm-hmm. I think most of the Power Rangers are teens, not all of them. Correct. But like, I feel like in part, this made me feel like the Power Rangers should always be teenagers. <laughs> right. Because, well, it's because it's, it's a suspension of disbelief thing, right? You know, you can imagine that a teenager would just get caught up in a situation and like everything feels life or death to a teenager. You know, going to the dance with so-and-so feels life or death. Getting the right, you know, shoes could feel life or death to a teenager. So it makes sense that they would just like rationalize and normalize actual life and death situations in their daily lives. And they're yeah. just like, oh, yeah, yeah, this we'll just add this on to the fact that I have an A push te- test next week. You know what I mean? And and being a Power Ranger, being this like becoming the best version of myself. Thing. Yeah feels like a metaphor that works when you're a teen in a way that it just doesn't when you're an adult yeah when you're an adult i think that's a lot of what that great boom studios storyline uh with grace sterling Mm -hmm. was kind of about was like when you're an adult this is just like a really different math project yeah it's interesting too because i have very recently gone through a lot of the later digimon movie releases like digimon adventure try yes i went and watched all of those i have like one left and i'm like saving it because i know i'm gonna like cry my eyes out so hard i quite like digimon adventure Tribe. <laughs> well so digimon adventure Tribe, for those who don't know it's like supposed to be a direct sequel to the original the first two digimon seasons although we don't deal with season two people at all for digimon adventure and it basically is constantly asking this question of yeah i became a digi dustin when i was a kid and now i'm growing older now i'm entering high school now i'm thinking about college and like the rest of my life how do I manage those things? Because I'm not a kid anymore. I can't just like go full on into a fight and know and like believe in myself and know that it's going to turn out okay. I know what will happen if it doesn't. I know what will happen if mm-hmm. like someone gets hurt in the crossfire. Like I'm very aware of that now as an adult or as a young adult. And <laughs> which is like such a interesting story like point of view it's like there are things you do when you're younger that you don't think about but when you're older you're like oh that's really scary because <laughs> you have a yeah, better or perspective like the stakes are so much higher yeah or the way i feel about my like little kid crush being in this battle next to me versus the way i feel about someone who i'm like in love right with as, in a more grown-up way is different. yeah or my brother or my sister or all that stuff like i i totally agree with you i think that series is really good they're also is a like final movie thing they made that covers or that talks about the the zero two kids and is actually pretty yeah. good as well. But my pitch, so I, I want us both to do this off the okay. top of our head. I didn't think about this beforehand. Okay. Like they come to you. This doesn't exist. Okay. They're like, you have a one hour Power Rangers Netflix special, anniversary special. Mm-hmm. We want to use some of the old mm-hmm. characters. We want to focus on Mighty Morphin. What's your pitch? Or like, what would you like to see? It can be broad. It doesn't have to be like, here's the story. It's just like, I want to do this kind of thing. I think these situations always work best which even though it's very trite and like simple work best when it's like the people's kids yes i was gonna say the same thing just all it's just like min and billy's kid and zach's kid and jj and yeah and it's just like all of them taking on the mighty morphin mantle while we have like a little 
cute, simple story about their parents feeling stress, allowing them to do well, that. Well, and it could be interesting. It could be something, it could be kind of fucked up. It could be something like the Morphing Grid doesn't want to work with adults anymore. They only want to work with kids um, for yeah. reasons. And like maybe, you know, Billy as a parent or Zach as a parent has an issue with that. They're like, wait, this is really fucked up. I, you know, looking back on what happened, like, I feel like this is wrong. And like Alpha 5 being like, or Alpha whatever number, it's just like, yeah, too fucking bad. <laughs> you know, like the morphing kit grid has spoken and like your kids are destined for this moment. Like that could be interesting. Yeah. Something like that. I also almost, part of me also is like, if you're going to use actors who you know don't not to be i don't want to be a dick but like who aren't like acting a lot i feel like maybe it should have been animated just to like help everyone out i mean it's not a bad call i yeah i think doing a cool story that is like all of them passing down the mantle and sort of like a little gentle examination of like the fact that teenagers are the person people putting themselves at risk in this story but mostly a like celebration of like the heroism and the camaraderie that comes with power rangers like i'd be into that this just feels like it's yeah Yeah. it's very in between i would also lean a lot more in the like it's like i would love for them to let me do the fun emotional examination of what it is to be a power ranger they wouldn't (laughs) so i'm like let's just have a good yeah like we are not going to dwell on the rangers who have left us we can do it we'll put a little screen up at the end and we'll we'll appreciate them that way but like let's just like have fun let's make this a fun blast of a time let's do cool action i think we should do as much like fun interesting novel fights yeah i think the thing is like maybe you have a beat about like the power ranger parents being like this is messed up i don't want my kid mixed up into this and then it's like well that's not really your call and so then we just see these kids who are like, wow, this is what my kid, my parents were doing before. I can't even believe that. Number one, because like thinking of your parents doing something like cool is weird when you're a teenager. You're like, what? You're lame. And it would just be fun to be like to add that dimension to their relationship, too. Like it, it would be a really uh-huh. fun time. <laughs> we could do it. Also, we'd get like JJ, whoever the hell JJ is. We could bring him into this. <laughs> There's a great graphic novel called uh, Power Rangers Soul of the Dragon Wow! about an aging Tommy. JJ gets captured. It's great. I recommend it. Um, <laughs> great. And that's where JJ comes from. Wow. But yeah, real quick rundown of just like a few silly things to end on like a fun yeah. silly note because what is Power Rangers but fun. silly. Hip Hop Keto is mentioned by name. Mm-hmm. I can't believe they, they really did, did. Ernie, there's this like weird moment at the end where Zach's like, I wonder if they're still doing Ernie's shake recipe. And I'm like, Ernie's yeah. dead. They just told me that Ernie's very dead. I don't know why it made me laugh so much. It just really did. But he doesn't get an in memoriam, but just kind of annoying to me. No, I don't know if the actors. No, passed, he has. Looked, but like, I think he has. That makes sense. Um, I think Cranston Tech needs to be uh, investigated. I think. At one point, Rita says a line, no one even complimented my new machine, which is hilarious. <laughs> and my favorite moment when Zach is talking about Zordon and is like, he was our mentor, you know, in a way he was kind of a father figure. I wrote in all caps on my bad, in my notes, Zordon is the worst dad. Because <laughs> he is. Yeah. I, whatever. I, my favorite line of this whole thing, though, I got to be honest, like I laughed out loud, was during the Zord fight when Billy says, all right, you big lizard, come catch these hands. <laughs> uh, yeah, at one point, Alpha says my sensors were detecting a vibe. Any slang stuff, I was actually really 
pro. More of that. Yeah. Because that's Power Rangers to me. It's like jokes that are made of the fact that like we have used this slang in an insane way. Yeah, it's like we're trying to be super hip and making a joke. Like that is Power Rangers. Yeah. I don't know. Like I think this I guess I'm happy they made it, but I well it's a it's a solid six. To yeah, me. and I think that is what it's rated on like IMDb or whatever. It's like a six. It's definitely designed for someone who's like, oh yeah, Power Rangers. I haven't watched Power Rangers since 1996. And like, I think they would feel, you know. And I'm going to sit down with my child who is six or seven years old and watch them enjoy watching this. It's that. It's not like I'm just an adult who's doing that. It is like, it is specifically, I'm like a parent with a kid I can watch this with. To me, that's right. And you know, it's interesting because like, especially like we're living in kind of this MCU hijacked media landscape or like also Star Wars, you know, a lot of those properties play for like nostalgia, especially Star Wars more than the MCU. But like they have the same kind of moments over and over for the nostalgia hits. I wish there was more of that here, but there's definitely some. And, um, yeah. you know, it's worthwhile. I do not know how the juice bar is open. I wish someone would I'm tell me. I'm not going to worry about that. Public funding. We're never going <laughs> to know. Please tell me the economics <laughs> of the juice bar. Oh, boy. Maybe we'll find out in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Season 2. That's my neat segue to okay. say. Our Season 2 starting soon. soon. Our next episode won't have the juice bar in it. Because I think we're going to start with Sentai. Uh, <laughs> if you don't remember from our finale, we'll be covering Die Ranger, the next season of Sentai. And Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Season 2, which at least uses the Zords, doesn't use the suits. Maybe a lot of the monsters? We'll find out. And like I mentioned, because it's not a direct adaptation, I don't think it makes sense to us to put them side by side in the way we were doing with Season 1. So we're going to do Sentai episodes and Power Rangers episodes and see how that suits us. So to that end, uh, I think episodes one through four of Die Ranger next episode and our official season two premiere. I hope you join us there. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a little different, but I'm glad to get back into the swing of things with this show. I know we've been away for a while, probably a little longer than we intended, but we're back now, guys, and it's going to be fun. Yes, we will be on our consistent every other week schedule and if you want to support us in doing that, patreon.com slash sentai. If you hate that we don't do synopses or have any other feedback for us that you want to let us know or questions that you want us to answer on the show or just like compliments you want to say to gas us up, sentai at gmail.com. Uh, we're still on Twitter for now. I'm kind of feeling like we might leave that platform because it's a hellscape, yeah. but you can check us out on Instagram and Tumblr, sentai. We'll start posting stuff about new episodes there. And that's all the things. Rate and review. Tell people season two starting. It's a great time to jump on. That's it for today. Yeah, that's it. Except we have like our final most important question. Yeah, we'll never get rid of no. this once and always our final <laughs> question. I mean, we could. I don't know, but I like it. Anyway, John, if you were given a morpher today, what color Power Ranger would you be? I'm a Black Ranger yet again. I feel like I'm often a Black Ranger. Yeah. I don't know what that's about. I am wearing these kind of cool like orange shorts maybe there's something in that but i think i'm really a black ranger what about you i am definitely a blue ranger today i think cumulatively i would be a blue ranger just like in my closet yeah 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 that makes sense it's very fun to me that cat and rocky both still do the fashion (laughs) and also there's like a real distinct shift where min starts wearing yellow yeah in the episode it's great (laughs) let us know what you would be as well and until our next episode our season two premiere may the power protect you bye
Teach Me Sentai is produced and hosted by Natalie Bridgman and John McDonough. Our incredible music is by Christopher Bridgman and our wonderful podcast art is by Yvonne14. You can find their work on Twitter at E-A-V-O-N 14 or on Instagram at Yvonne.14.art. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash teachmesentai and new episodes come out every other Thursday wherever you get your podcasts.